0: On your podcast platform to help us promote this podcast. Billy Currington summed it up well when he said, God is great, beer is good, and people are crazy. So let us join our hosts, Michael and Anthony, for this week's discussion. Welcome back for episode number 145 of the Beers and Bible
1: Podcast. I am Anthony. And I am Michael, and we are happy to be with you for another week of our book by book discussion through the Bible and to drink some beer. yes,
0: it's gonna go sideways for a few weeks because you're gonna spend multiple weeks on one book.
1: <laughs> yeah, we kind of teased last week that Psalms would be a multiple week uh endeavor and that we is were we we true. were. We were naively thinking, oh, we'll get it done in two weeks. Not so much. So we'll cover that here in a little bit. Yeah. And um, Anthony, how's your week been? What's going on with you?
0: Oh, man. It's been one of those like really long weeks that I've got a lot done. But I just like you get home at the end of the day and you're just like, I just want to like go to bed. I just want to go to sleep at the end of every day. Yeah. So it's been, I don't know, it's been a, it's been a weird week. Cause like, so all day today, I thought it was Friday and I was like, crap, it's not Friday. It's Thursday, but we get to record it. So that's good. But dang, it's not Friday.
1: Yeah. (laughs) A couple of times today I had to remind myself that it was Thursday. Yeah. I was like, what day is it? Cause my week has been just all, um, I've driven all over. I feel like North Georgia doing stuff for work this Mm -hmm. week. Um, my boss has been out. So that was an extra wrench into the, into the whole thing, trying to stay as organized as possible while he's out of town um, doing some work stuff. So, and, uh, like, uh, my kids, uh, my oldest son doesn't like sleeping in his own bed all of a sudden. So
0: Mm, I remember those days
1: (laughs) dealing with all that. So please tell me there's light at the end of the tunnel.
0: There is light at the end of the tunnel. Um, our, our series of that lasted for about three or four months
1: okay,
0: and well, maybe
1: we're getting close to the end of it. Cause I feel like it's been going on, going yeah. on about that long.
0: Let's just say I learned really good how to, uh, not spare the rod for the child <laughs> during that time. <laughs>
1: I have a couple of times said, you know what, if you want to sleep in my bed, that's fine. I'll go sleep in your bed but my son has a lightning McQueen bed. That's not very comfortable. (laughs) So you tried to reverse
0: psychology and he was like, bet let's go.
1: Basically. (laughs) We have a king size bed that when he is in, it feels like a bunk bed. (laughs) Oh gosh. Not ideal for anything. So, um, yeah, that's, that's how things are going. We're everything is good. We're just busy and, uh, yeah, trying to keep our head above water. That's right. As much as we can, so.
0: Well, we do keep our head above water by doing one thing and that is drinking beer and talking about the Bible. Let's do so that. We we're, we're going to do that tonight, which is what we do. Um, what beer do you have for tonight, man?
1: So, tonight I have from uh the Back Forty Beer Company, which I believe you reviewed a beer from them. A long, long time. Oh, yeah, ago. it was a while back. I'll I'll look it up here in a second, but I have the Truck Stop Honey Brown Ale mm. from Back Forty Beer Company. They're based in Gadsden, Alabama. Mm-hmm. Uh, let's see, I just saw it. Where was it?
0: I've had that beer before, and it's it's a pretty good one.
1: No, well, that's that's encouraging. Six oh, percent uh, ABV and the can says that Truck Stop Honey is a medium-bodied English-style brown ale brewed with wildflower honey, mm. roasted malts and fresh hops. The balance of sweet wildflower honey and earthy hop aromas come through in every batch, whether preparing a delicious meal or sitting fireside, Truck Stop Honey will always keep the good times rolling. So it it pairs with Alabama seafood uh, looks like specifically Alabama seafood, that's Al- <laughs> Alabama Gulf seafood, uh, some sort of bird and ice cream. We do have the best seafood. I, you know, I may be partial, but I think Alabama Gulf Coast has the best seafood. On well, Gulf Coast just in general has good seafood. So that's true. Truck stop honey brown ale from back 40. That's what I'm drinking this week.
0: That's what you're drinking. Well, tonight I am uh, in an effort to not buy an IPA because I was at the store and I'm walking up and down the aisle and it's nothing but IPAs. And since we have officially banned IPAs and are not going to be bringing them on, I would rather duplicate a beer uh, than drink an IPA. So I found this guy and uh, it's going to be questionable. There, there's times where I've bought one and I was like, ah, y'all yeah, like that. And then I don't. This is going to be one of those times where I'm like, I'm not sure I'm going to like that, but I'm at least going to give it a shot. Uh Um, From second self-brewing, it's called a Thai wheat. Like, Thai like the people, T-H-A-I, wheat. So it's a wheat beer. Um, And this says, this is the way, which, you know, I don't know if beer companies do this on purpose or not, but this is the opening line of their description of the Thai, like the people, Thai wheat our flagship American wheat. Okay. (laughs) Um, This spicy beer is exotic as the country that inspired it. This beer uses both fresh lemongrass and ginger to give a refreshing aroma and taste, asking you to take a trip across the globe. We keep the beer dry, letting the spices stand out on their own, giving you a unique experience. This flavorful wheat Ale is great for an escape into your second self. So the brewery is second self brewing. But I I, I guess I don't like if you're going to call it a Thai wheat, why not be like. okay, it's an American wheat (laughs) anyway. Seems seems counterintuitive to me. I don't know.
1: Just based on the description alone and hearing like the notes that it hits like flavor wise. Mm hmm you're not going to like that beer
0: well okay now i'll say i will caveat this because this is what intrigues me i love mules Mm -hmm. especially irish mules so ginger beer and whiskey yeah with lime juice in it is a mule so the ginger and the lemongrass kind of got that that's what piqued my interest in it is because i do like that gingery lemon flavor i like that yeah but I don't know it, it, what it might turn into is I can mix this with whiskey and have like a modified mule. That would be good.
1: That's one of the more fun things to do is <laughs> mix drinks that haven't never been mixed together ever in the history of ever <laughs> and finding out that you have, you've created something like Frankenstein's uh like Frankenstein. That's right. Um, Being a mad right. scientist is fun. Yeah. Especially in the liquor cabinet. All right. All right. So, Let's get to drinking. We got to crack these things open and see what we got. So here we go. Three, two, one. Crack. Oh, it's busy. I love that your voice cracked a little bit. Yes, it did. (laughs) And I just kept going, too. Like I'm a 13-year-old boy on puberty again. So mine has the color of honey. Oh, yeah. Like, it looks like honey. So this smells... Mm. That smells really good. I may have found another one that I need to go back and try again. This has a really,
0: really interesting smell to it.
1: So when you say interesting, I never know if you mean like <laughs> legitimately interesting <laughs> or like nauseating.
0: Okay. Okay. It is, that's true because I use that word in both both uh contexts yeah. so <laughs> like, that's fair <laughs> Are you fascinated or
1: are you disgusted?
0: <laughs> <laughs> I'm fascinated by this one so all right think back with me um the smell of um classic city loggers uh oh Jiminy Christmas what is the name of that beer I just forgot the classic city logger yeah um the smell of that beer with a hint of like lemonade. Okay. That's what this
1: smells like. I'm with you. Like this it I can get classic city lager and I can get lemonade. I can make that for <laughs> can you create that connection in your brain? I can um, I got you. We're good. That's what this smells
0: like. I man, that this based on the smell this might be surprisingly good. We're going to find out. It says it's spicy, and I'm not a huge spicy guy. But I don't know if they mean like spicy tangy or like spicy like habanero peppers.
1: Or maybe they just mean like spicy like it's jazzy.
0: Oh, jazzy. Yeah. I mean, I say the word interesting and mean it like seven different ways. Yeah.
1: (laughs) Mine smells like honey and flowers. So Yes.
0: Well, let's turn them up and drink them and see what we got to work with tonight. Cheers. Bottoms up. Okay. It tastes like it smells.
1: This is so weird. It tastes like lemonade and classic city lager. Well, it's, it doesn't taste like lemonade but it does taste the the ginger which i guess oh. ginger
0: like if you just smell ginger it kind of it kind of has a lemonade is smell. It, is
1: it more like ginger ale in classic city lager
0: it might be more like ginger ale in classic city lager
1: and then is it just more like ginger ale <laughs> period
0: <laughs> <laughs> i'm I'm more intrigued now by my concept of uh of using this in a in a mule that might be really good. It may be. So it's like a have you ever drank ginger beer? Yeah. Okay. It's almost like the malt and the hops I guess kind of tame down the spicy that that burning sensation of ginger. Mhm. So it's got this weird like I don't I don't even know how to describe it. It's a it's a it's not tangy. It's crisp, okay. It's a crisp, but not like overbearing. Cri- like it's all off, they're offsetting. Mm. Crisp and earthy, I guess is the only way I can describe this. Because it's it's not bitter, but it's not sweet. I'm I'm really perplexed by this thing. This is this has got me thinking really hard now.
1: It's not bitter or sweet, so it's like neutral. It, it's, it's got yeah. like a very neutral
0: flavor. Yes. This this is the color taupe. If if, if beer was a color, this is the color taupe. <laughs> it's gray, it's brown, has a little bit of blue in it. It's yeah. Like it's everything. <laughs> hmm. But it's it's almost it's it's so between everything that it's almost a little bit bland Mm -hmm. like it's um i don't know this is really i'm going to keep thinking about this tell me how you like the the truck stop honey because i've had it before
1: so it's really good um the honey flavor is very very subtle um it's very it's to me, it feels very run of the mill, just like generic beer flavor. Okay, yeah, you know, right. Um, like the smell of the honey enhances the flavor a little bit, but it's not as strong as like you may think when you say it's brewed with honey. Mm-hmm. Um, but it still, you know, feels good, tastes good. Um, I would put this in. I don't know. This may be a little like. You may completely disagree with me on this, and that's fine. Mm-hmm. But I would put this in the same ballpark as like a yingling. Like as far yeah. as flavor as flavor profile.
0: Yeah. I can see that. Um it's, if I remember it's been a while since I've had one, but if I remember it, it's got a it's basically like a like a yingling with honey in it, with just a, yeah. a smidge of honey in it.
1: I think in this batch, it was like a honey jar passed by it. And just is, missed it is, <laughs> completely. Is this, is this a LaCroix? <laughs> yeah. yeah. <laughs> Pretty much. But it's it's still good. I'll I'll give it. I've been really generous the last few weeks. Mainly because the stuff's been good. It's not like I've been generous just for the sake of being generous. Um I will give I'll give the truck stop honey for Luther's.
0: Okay. I, I thought I think you were that, gonna go three and a half there for
1: for a second, I, th- I think it's I think it's four Luthers. Okay, out of five, it's 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 pretty good. I will. Def- I would definitely get this one again. Like that's that's kind of my measuring stick. Um, would, would you went, buy it again? My uh, I went back and looked. The back forty you did was the peanut butter porter.
0: Oh yeah, that's right. That one was okay. That one was pretty good too. I still have one in my fridge <laughs> that I haven't drank.
1: <laughs> um. Well, that's interesting cuz that was back uh on a Oh, it's epi- been in there for episode, a minute. Episode Episode 87.
0: <laughs> that was a that was the day I went to that weird store.
1: Oh, beer. yeah.
0: <laughs> <laughs> I, I felt so awkward buying beer in that store. I was like what
1: in the world is going on? Like one shelf on a small <laughs> island that had craft beer and everything else is oh. wine and stuff. That's amazing. <laughs> I forgot about that. That's a great story.
0: That is. That was it's one of my favorite times of buying beer because I was like, oh man, I found a new little like spot we, to get we beer. We found a
1: hidden gem <laughs> of nothing but garbage. Of, of nothing. <laughs> All right. So quit right. being around the bush. Rate the Thai wheat. Rate the Thai wheat. All right. We need a rating here.
0: So the flavor profile of it is good it's got a citrusy offsetting somewhat to the, to what the bitter flavors are of the malts and hops. Mm -hmm. Um, and, and I think that's what the, the back and forth is for me on this thing, because it's, it's almost like you're getting both, both sides of the fence here. I mean, this thing is literally straddling the fence. And so it's, to be fair, it's better than I thought it was going to be. Okay. It's definitely a surprise. It's not what I was expecting. Um, That's going to bump it up a little bit, but the flavor is just not uh, like, I'm not, I'm not sold on the flavor yet. I'm going to keep trying it. And I'm not upset that I have more to drink mm-hmm. Um, because it's, it's not a bad flavor, but I do think one time I'm going to try some of this with whiskey in it and just see what, see what like kind of mule flavor that get brings out. Yeah. Um, I'm going to give it four Luthers. Oh, wow. I'm going to give it four Luthers. Um, mostly because of creativity. I feel like this beer is very, very creative. Okay. Um, you may taste this and be like, Anthony, you are an idiot. That beer tastes like garbage. Um, it's entirely possible, but the, the flavor to me is unique enough that it, It earns something and it's not a bad flavor. So I don't know. It's, it's, it's just, it's an, it's a really interesting flavor that's, I I don't even know how to pin it down. And it's good. It's got a good flavor. Mm -hmm. Um, But it's hard to, it's hard to describe. I mean, it literally tastes like they mixed classic city lager and um, some, something lemon flavored you know, some kind of lemon flavor drink is what it tastes like to me.
1: And they so, maybe just use country time lemonade mix.
0: What if they did, if they did props to them because they did it right. <laughs> um, but it's That's good. I, I'll give it for Luther's that wow. may be being a little bit too generous. I don't know, but I feel like their creativity deserves some points because I feel like this is a, this is, it's one of those beers where they're not like, Oh, we're just going to do something, you know, Put lemon in there. Put mangoes in there. It's it's not like it's not regular, right. yeah. And so they you. tried to do something off the wall, and I don't know. It's good.
1: I it don't kind of ha- it kind of halfway worked.
0: That's right. It did kind of halfway work. So yeah, I'll land it for Luther's. That's uh, that's where I'll go.
1: Well, all right. Well, there you have it. There it is. That is the Beer Review for the week. The Thai Wheat from Second Self getting four Luthers out of five from Anthony. And the Truck Stop Honey Brown Ale from Back 40 Beer Company getting four Luthers out of five from me. And now after our short musical break that we have every week, um, we're going to continue our discussion through the book of Psalms and We'll get into that right after this.
0: It is time for us to dive into the book of Psalms. We're going right after it tonight because we already set it up last week. So if you missed last week, then pause right here. Go back to last week's episode and listen to it because we're not recapping anything. Um, But we are going to walk through the book of Psalms really kind of in a chapter by chapter there. We might lump some of them together uh, because they do like certain sections kind of fit together. But for the most part, Um, we're going to try to tackle this chapter by chapter, which means we're going to spend a little bit of extra time. Okay. Um, there are five books in the book of Psalms and tonight we're going to cover just book one, which is chapters one through 41. Um, so that's what we're going to cover tonight. And then we're just, we're going to kind of see, like, we're, we're going to type out some notes for each week and we kind of have this idea of how many notes will get us a good conversation going. And and we're trying mm-hmm. not to make these way too long, but we're also trying not to be like 16 seconds and we're done. Um, yeah. So, so yeah, that's where we are, but we're going to kick it off tonight. We're going to start walking through the book of Psalms. It might take us three or four weeks, might take us five, might take us 12, but we're going to try to do it justice the best we can.
1: It may take us two or three weeks to get through Psalm 119. Let's be real.
0: <laughs> this is true. This is, we have a whole week just on Psalm 119.
1: Yes, so, uh, but yeah, we're doing Psalms a little different, and that's it, that's, 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 <laughs> that's we're, we're doing it, that's, that's the <laughs> that's statement the we made, no, we're doing it different because um, it's a very, it's a more unique book um, yeah. than any other book in the Bible, um, and I think that it would do good to break it down this way, so, yeah. Uh, let's get into it. So, Psalm one and two is the introduction to the entire book. Uh, you have in Psalm one, you have the main idea of Psalms uh, as a whole, and then Psalm two, you get the main concern. Um, this is a messianic psalm. Psalm two is messianic. Um, it points to Jesus and his work. It, it okay. it's the first psalm that does that because it's Psalm two. Um, but that will happen. I'm sure, throughout the entire book. Yeah,
0: yep. Yeah. And you know, Psalm one is talking about the man who is right before God, and so that kind that should help you set up that main idea of the book. Mm-hmm. You know, he who is blameless before God, and obviously, we're going to spend the next 150 chapters talking about that man in his laments and his struggles and, and all that positive stuff. And so, yeah, that rolls us into the next five Psalms, which is three through seven. Um, and right out of the gate, we're going to, we're just going to start with the complaining. We're going into laments. Um, and, and book one specifically does contain a lot of different lamenting Psalms. Mm -hmm. Um, a lot of book one is written by David. David had some troubles in his, in his day. So obviously he has some things to lament over. Um, but there are some theological presuppositions uh, in this kind of first opening section here about God's character and how he acts in history. For example, the Holy war, um, the, the author and writer is going to struggle with those and rejoice in those. And, um, there is also this kind of presupposition of God's presence being in what's called Zion. Of course, Zion would refer to something like Jerusalem. And remember, uh, let's think all the way back to Exodus here for just a second. Um, the ending of Exodus when they're getting ready to go into the promised land. And I think it's like chapter 32 or 33. um, God actually says, you're going to go into the promised land, but I'm not going to go with you. And that causes great mourning and great distress for the nation Mm -hmm. of Israel because the presence of God is such a key factor to them. And, and it was, you know, God was saying that his presence was not going to go with them into the land. He's going to deliver them. Um, but he's not going to be among them in that deliverance, and so the presence of God has is portrayed as leaving the nation. And so you're going to see a lot of psalms talking about the presence of God and and the calling of the presence of God because they, I mean, to to these people, the presence of God is is a part of their identity. It's who they yeah. are. And if God is not present, then they're they're just kind of like, who are we? You know, what yeah. are we doing? And so keep that rolling in the back of your mind, um, because that's going to be a key thing throughout the Psalms, the calling of the presence of God. Mm -hmm. Um, And you can see how things like that play out in Psalm chapter one, you know, the upright guys, you know, he who does not, let's just, let's read Psalms one, Psalm one to try to like set up, because this is going to be the ongoing theme throughout Okay, this is going to be, we're kind of, we're going to filter kind of everything else through this introduction right here. Uh, bless is the man who walks in the council. No, I'm sorry. Bless is the man who walks not in the council of the wicked, nor stands in the way of sinners, nor sits in the seat of scoffers, but his delight is in the law of the Lord. And on his law, the Lord's law, he meditates day and night. He is like a tree planted by streams of water that yields fruit in its season. Its leaf does not wither and all that he does, he prospers. The wicked are not so, but they are like chaff that the wind drives away. Therefore the wicked will not stand in the judgment, nor sinners in the congregation of the righteous. For the Lord knows the way of the righteous, but the way of the wicked will perish. Now, you get that introduction of the comparison between righteousness and wickedness. Mm-hmm. All right. And that's gonna become the basis kind of for everything that we see in Psalms. Yeah. It's this this parallel or paradox, or not really paradox, a contrast of righteousness and wickedness.
1: Yeah. Okay? The back and forth happens back and forth. throughout. That's yeah. exactly
0: right. And so we see that in these first lamenting psalms. You know, it's it's God. You're supposed to do, you know, you're not supposed to be with the wicked people. I'm, uh, these people are doing wicked things to me. Why are they doing that? You know, um, and so we're going to begin to see that, that play out in these first five, yeah, um, lamenting psalms, which is mm-hmm. going to lead us to Psalm
1: eight. So take us into Psalm eight. So out of the lamenting psalms, we're going to have, uh, Psalm eight, which is praise to the creator. It's a hymn psalm that rejoices in the majesty of God and his creation. In Psalm eight, you have verses like, um, when I observed your heavens the work of your fingers the moon and the stars which you set in place what is man that you remember him the son of man that you look after him mm-hmm. this is some uh uh David wrote this one and this is a man who has um been in the deepest pit and has um seen the goodness of God and he knows that the God who created the universe the God who place the moon and the stars in the place um that that same god is the god that loves him and and is caring for him and providing for him um and it's really a uh, it's a worship psalm it's it's a psalm that glorifies god and this is where we get um uh, oh lord our lord how uh, magnificent is your name throughout the earth Mm -hmm. um that's repeated at the beginning. That's at the beginning and the end of this psalm. And so you see that uh David, as he's writing this, he's looking at the earth around him and sees God in in everything. He sees God in all of the creation. Um and this, this psalm shows the depth of the creator slash creation distinction. Mm-hmm. Um where we have the creator who has created this beautiful place and, and has called us to be his. Mm -hmm. And that, and that I think that's where the awe and wonder come from. Yeah. From specifically David as he's writing this, but he passes that on to us as we read this, the, the God who created light and the God who created the earth and the God who created, uh, all the animals and the God who created man, mm-hmm. like that's the same God we get to worship. Yep. And that's the same God we sing praise to mm-hmm. when we do. So, um, we should stand in awe of that. Um, so that's all I made. There Psalm eight. Psalm eight. So let's let's go through. Let's keep going.
0: Keep going. Psalm nine through thirteen. I'm gonna get all the lament stuff tonight. <laughs> uh nine through thirteen. We're turning back to lament. We got five five more lament psalms uh right here. Um these are kind of interesting because they you begin to see some of the uh what's the literary devices of Hebrew literature. Um, They use acrostics a lot. They use chiasms a lot. They use um, a lot of different literary features and, and that helps us know kind of the point of what we're saying. Um, It helps drive home the focus of what you're writing about uh, that kind of those kind of things. And so in nine through 13, we end up with five more laments that are focused on the deliverance of the righteous, uh, specifically the righteous poor. And so we're, we're, Kind of talking a little bit about social justice here. Um, but Psalms nine and ten are a prayer of deliverance, um, where nine is a plea for deliverance, and ten is from the perspective of the person who has experienced injustice. And so you have this this call for deliverance in nine, and then ten follows that up with a here's what I've experienced, and here's why I have been wronged. Mm-hmm. Um, and so that experience takes us into Psalm 11, which is an affirmation of the righteous rule of God. And, you know, I, I I think that's an applicable thing for Christians because in the midst of when we feel like we are being treated unjustly or unjustly, um, I think it's important for us to, to remember that God still rules, God still reigns. And it's not about us getting our definition of justice. But it's about God ruling and reigning in His perfect justice, mm-hmm. which we won't understand until uh, the other side of glory, right? And so, you know, it just helps keep that that frame of mind as you as you read through the Psalms, okay? Um, and then eleven and or that's uh, so that's Psalm eleven, God's righteous rule, and then Psalms twelve and thirteen, um, they appeal back to God because of his righteous rule. Remember, we're just talking about his righteous rule. Uh, and so they appeal back to God for deliverance as Christians and as believers, it's, there's nothing wrong with asking for deliverance from something, or there's nothing wrong with asking God to take you out of a situation. That's not wrong. Mm -hmm. But what is wrong is expecting God to bow at your whim and say, God, take me out of the situation. Oh yes, absolutely. You know, that shows that you don't trust what that situation is trying to teach you, what God might be trying to teach you in that situation when you expect that. Yeah. And so it helps us stay focused on what the the true thing is, which is us to grow and to be sanctified so that Mm -hmm. we can give God the most glory.
1: Yeah. I've always looked at it as God has, I say always, I have grown to look at it as God has placed you in a specific circumstance, for a specific reason, for a mm-hmm. specific time. And there will come a time when that circumstance is no more. But for now, like if that circumstance persists, that's what God's will for you is. Yes. And to be mad or frustrated at God because the thing won't, it won't go away or the thing won't change shows that you're you haven't learned or you haven't grown um from the circumstance. Mm-hmm.
0: It is and this is gonna sound incredibly mean and and I don't mean it this way, but that's just the way it's gonna sound but it is the ultimate form of idolatry when you have that perspective. Yeah. Because you think what you want trumps what God has for you. Right. And so you have idolized yourself at that point.
1: Yeah. What's the verse in the New Testament that says, um, you do not have because you do not ask or you ask, ask wrongly? Ooh, where Matthew, where is that? Matthew six I think people maybe? take I think people take that verse out of context Oh, because yeah. it's like, oh, I, I should just ask for it and it'll happen. It's like yes. that's not what Jesus was saying there. Yeah. Like look at the whole context of the verse. You you you're not asking with the right intentions. Yes. And you're not asking from the right place and you're not asking with the understanding or the wherewithal to to know that yes, this is what I want, mm-hmm. but if God's will is for the for what I don't want to happen,
0: mm-hmm.
1: then I should be pursuing that regardless. If I could I should be pursuing God's will regardless of what I want. That's right. Yes. Yeah, I think that's where we get tripped up a lot of the times. We do. We absolutely do. So Ooh, we're gonna get deep, just doing like a third of this book. So were you done? Were you done with Psalm's, that section?
0: I'm done. That's uh, okay. that's our lamenting and and deliverance. Please, so take us into are, uh, the wickedness and folly of man.
1: <laughs> are you sure that we're not gonna have more? laments oh we got more limits at the end okay yeah, great there's more limits <laughs> to come don't you okay, worry so psalm 14 um i'm getting one psalm at a time and you're getting large chunks that's funny um psalm 14 is the folly of humankind uh mm. we look back at psalm 8 and we see that it answers the laments of psalms 3 through 7 in the same way psalm 14 answers the laments of uh, psalms 9 through 13 by pointing out the folly of mankind for mm. not recognizing god um The first verse of Psalm 14 says, The fool says in his heart, God does not exist. They are corrupt. They do vile deeds. There is no one who does good. Um, Yikes. (laughs) And then he goes on. The Lord looks down from heaven on the human race to see if there is one who is wise, one who seeks God. And all have turned away. All alike have become corrupt. So, like, Mm -hmm. um, David is, again, David, he's like saying, Y'all need to get your stuff together because this is not how it's supposed to be. It's almost like total depravity is a thing. <laughs> I I mean, if there was a chapter of the Bible that you could point to and say total depravity is legitimate, which I believe it is. It's not just like <laughs> just putting that out there. Um, I think Psalm 14 would be a pretty good place to start. So, yeah. But yeah, uh, Psalm 14, The Folly of Humankind. So what we got next? Next,
0: we're going to go. Now we're going to start getting into some chiasms. Um, I love chiasms. If you don't know what a chiasm is, then I'll take a brief minute and explain it. Um, It is a tournament bracket. Think of it like a tournament bracket. So you have two teams. All right. So you have levels and you have AA. Okay. And then you have BB and CC, and DD, and then E. So it makes a V, is what it does. And a chiasm will make a point, and then another point, and then another point, and then another point. And then then it's going to get to a kind of fundamental central point, and then it's going to start going back out, and it's going to refer to that previous point, and then the previous point before that, and then the previous point before that, and then eventually back to the very first point. And so if you're a musical person, you think of it as a diminuendo because it's it's getting smaller as it goes. Um, If you're not a musical person, then you have no idea what I just said. (laughs) Um, But a a chiasm makes these points across a large section Mm -hmm. or multiple sections of Scripture. You can have verses that are chiasm, sections of verses that are chiasms, and there's a ton of them in the Bible. Um, but the Psalms are very, very, a lot of them are very chiastic in nature, and they are arranged in a chiastic form to prove a certain point. And so the the main point of a chiasm is that central point that kind of is the hinge from all the points that have been made to all the points that are about to be made. Yeah. Um, and so that's what a chiastic structure is. But Psalms 25 through 33, we have this chiastic
1: stop. structure. So, stop, stop. Oh, Oh, what am one I section you're one section ahead.
0: No, nope, sorry, 15 through 24. Just kidding. So, Psalm 15 through 24 is this chiastic structure and I'm going to I'm going to try to relate these back and forth so you can see what I'm talking about here. All right. Um and remember, we're going to set all of these up kind of in the shadows or in the context of Psalm 1, okay? The person who is upright, who doesn't do wicked, that's what we're kind of setting these up as, okay? Uh, so, you have Psalm 16 and Psalm 23, both express trust in God and in his presence. Okay. Mm-hmm. Work it down one. You have Psalm 17 and Psalm 22. These are pleas for deliverance while you're still trusting in God. Okay. Then you have this one gets a, a little different. It's Psalm 18, and then Psalms 20 and 21 are together. And these express a prayer uh, and a praise for the deliverance. Um, especially from the point of view of a king. And that's in Psalm 21. Okay. It's uh, I think Psalm 21 is a Davidic Psalm. Let me look. I'm pretty sure it is. Uh, yep. So I'm a David. I was right. Um, so you have 20 and 21 that are grouped together there. And both of those are coming from the point of David and it's, he's expressing this, this praise for the deliverance that has happened. Okay. So we've got trusting God for his presence, trust, Trusting in God for his deliverance, expressing that prayer and praise for the deliverance. All right. And then we get to the center of the chiasm, which is Psalm 19. Psalm Mm -hmm. 19 is a glory and an exaltation in God's creation. Okay. So you have the point of this chiasm is to glory in God for all of his creation. It doesn't have to be perfect. It's not, it's not a one for one. I see you counting, you're like, hang on a second.
1: <laughs> well, I'm counting the next one because I'm just curious. Okay. A curiosity yeah. thing for me.
0: Some of them, some of them are perfect chiasms and, and others are not. Um, but Psalm nineteen again is it's just another one of these psalms where if you read the whole thing, I just love how it starts off the heavens declare the glory of God, the skies mm. proclaim his handiwork. Uh, day to day speech pours out, night to night reveals knowledge. Um, and then Psalm nineteen fourteen is probably one of my favorite verses in all of Scripture, uh, and it just says, "Let the words of my mouth and the meditations of my heart be acceptable in your sight, O Lord, my Rock and my Redeemer." And when you're when you're talking about the central focus of a a, a point being made in Scripture, I can't think of two better points than to say. Look at the world that God has brought into existence just by the stroke of his hand,
1: mm-hmm. you
0: know, by the breath of his word, he spoke it into existence. Yeah. And then you get to the end of that psalm and it says, let the words of my mouth and the meditations, the things that I think about in my heart, let those be acceptable in your sight. O Lord, my rock and my redeemer. Yeah. It is a central focus on. God as the creator and God as the sustainer of all of life, it recognizes him in his proper place, which is what man is supposed to do. The Westminster Confession of Faith, or I'm sorry, the Westminster Catechism, the first question, what is the chief end of man? To glorify God and enjoy him forever. Like that's the bookends of Psalm 119. Mm -hmm. I'm sorry, Psalm 19. Yeah. Okay. Um, And so, you have this, you, uh, you see this structure and you're going to see these points being made. The, the ultimate point about the vast majority of these chiasms is pointing to the awesomeness and the glory of God Yeah, in his creation and in everything that we can see. So uh, that's our first chiasm. Take us there through 25 through
1: 33. So we have another chiasm here in the next eight or nine chapters of Psalms. Um, uh, Chapters 25 through 33 are prayer, praise, and trust in the King of creation. Um, In chapter 25, we have a prayer for covenant mercy. And that parallels to chapter 33 with praise for God's gracious rule. Mm -hmm. Um, And then in chapter 26, we have a prayer for the one who is blameless. And chapter 32 is the blessing of the one forgiven by God. See how these are like prayer for one and then at the other end is an answer to that prayer or praise mm-hmm. for um that prayer being answered um, and then in chapters 27 and 31 we have uh, appeals to god against false accusers um chapter 28 we see the prayer of the one in the pit and ch- and then chapter 30 parallels back to 28 where it uh, uh 4 is uh praise for the one spared from the pit Mm-hmm. Um, that's easier to see because they're kind of close together. Yeah. <laughs> um, not so far apart. And then uh, chapter twenty nine is again praises, um, the king of praises, the king of creation. Um, and in chapter twenty nine you have verses like, um, "The voice of the Lord is above the waters. The God of glory thunders. The Lord above vast waters. The voice of the Lord in power. The voice of the Lord in splendor." The voice of the Lord breaks the cedars. Mm-hmm. Uh, the Lord shatters the cedars of Lebanon. He makes Lebanon skip like a calf in Syrian, like a young wild ox. Um, and then a little further down, it says, "The Lord sat enthroned at the flood." The Lord sits enthroned forever, King forever. And so, all of all of that, all of twenty-five through thirty-three culminates at this the Lord sits enthroned king forever.
0: Mm -hmm. I'm noticing a pattern in Psalms
1: here. I don't know if y'all are picking up on it. I mean, (laughs) I think you could argue that's a recurring theme throughout all of Scripture, but yes, we'll see if anyone can figure it out. Hit us up in the (laughs) DMs if you you can. (sighs) If you know what we're talking about,
0: send us a secret message to beersandbiblepodcast at gmail.com. Anyway, (laughs) so so our next section, uh, 34 through 37, um, this is uh, another chiasm. They mentioned it in the book. And and you have 34 and 37 are paralleled uh, with the teachings on godly wisdom. 35 and 36 appeal to God as like a divine warrior. Um, and in 34, in this section, you really begin to see the theme of or, or the beginning of the theme of the fear of the Lord. Um, and you have that, Mm -hmm. that idea of the fear of the Lord and the beginning of wisdom from Proverbs. Um, but you know, it's, it's funny because I want to show you how these relate back to chapter one of Psalm, uh, you know, where we started this whole thing. So you have, uh, the beginning of, of 34 and then you get about halfway down into verse eight. It says, um, oh, taste and see that the Lord is good. Blessed is the man who takes refuge in him. Oh, fear the Lord, all you saints for you who fear him have no lack. Um, mm. You know, it's, you're, you're getting that theme of the person who is in Christ or in God at this point um, is the one who is blessed. Blessed is he who does not sit in the council of the wicked, who does not sit among sinners and scoffers and, and, and takes his seat with the righteous. um, And, we can see that theme coming here into chapter 34 and it's going to become the foundation for what wisdom is. And we know that wisdom is the fear of God. The beginning wisdom is the fear of the Lord. Mm -hmm. And so we've had two chiasms centered around God as creator and why we should be glorifying him and praising him. And then Thirty-four basically sets up, and if you're doing these things, you're beginning to find the fear of the God, a fear of God, which is the beginning of wisdom. Mm -hmm. And so you can see the wisdom literature starting to take shape. You know, we had it in Job where it established God and His sovereignty. Then we're moving into Psalms where it's establishing God as the Creator and sustainer of everything and worthy of praise and being sung to, you know, this is a hymn book again. So he's worthy of being sung to as that creator, because he is our sustainer and he is the one who is ultimately perfectly righteous. The Mm -hmm. ones that we should strive to be like. Yeah. And, and so that pattern is beginning to, to come, come to fruition throughout all the writings and the arrangement of, of the Psalms. And so, that sets us up for the last few chapters of, of the book one of the Psalms.
1: Take us through 38 through 41. So I finally get some laments. Yes. Uh, these are four laments here at the end of book one. Um, it's prayer and confession of sin. I believe all four of these are written by David. They are, um, and even though he's in trouble and mocked by his enemies, um, he confesses his sin and appeals to trust in God. Um, this is, uh, like, remember our pattern from Lamentations, uh, which is... A par- T-
0: T-C-A-T. T-C-A-T.
1: T-C-A-T. T-C-A-T. Trust, trust, trust complain. Con- trust, complain, ask. Turn. Complain, Turn, complain, ask, and, ask trust. and trust. That was a long time ago. We forgot that. <laughs> it's been a minute. Yeah. Um, but David, I mean, David writes in Psalm thirty-eight, "Lord, do not punish me in your anger or discipline me in your wrath." And mm-hmm. Psalm thirty-nine, he writes, um, "Deliver me from all my transgressions; do not make me the do not make me the taunt of fools." So that's he's being mocked by his enemies. There. Mm-hmm. In Psalm forty, I waited patiently for the Lord, and He turned to me and heard my cry for help.
0: Mm-hmm. You asked, you mm-hmm. waited patiently. You asked,
1: and then by the end of it he's by the end of the uh, chapter or by uh, Psalm 41, sorry, happy is the one who cares for the poor. The Lord will save him in a day of adversity mm-hmm. or keep him and preserve him. Sounds like, like trust to me. Yeah. I mean, in four, in four chapters, he's gone from, please don't, please don't punish me to happy is the one. Mm-hmm. So,
0: well, there's you an overview of book one a walkthrough of book one, um, take your time reading through the Psalms. You know, we're going to have plenty of weeks to get through this. So take your time reading through the Psalms. Um, they're so, 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 so rich. Yes. And, you know, it's, as it's one of those things I've, I've heard of people who do these, like they'll read the Psalms and Proverbs multiple times and they read like five Psalms a day and one proverb a day. And so you end up, if you do that, which is really hard to read five psalms when you got one nineteen on on the day, um, but if you do that, you actually read psalms and proverbs twelve times throughout the year. Um, and right. so you know, take that for what it's worth. Psalms and proverbs are worth reading. If you're if you're not in a if you're not in a reading plan and you don't know where to start, start with psalms and proverbs. There's a bunch of really good stuff in there. So, um, but but be encouraged because the word of God. Hebrew says the word of God is living and active, sharper than any double edged sword. Yep. And I mean, the first 41 chapters of Psalms, if you haven't seen it already, man, how integral are these? And, and they're arranged in a certain way to bring glory to God. And, you know, I don't, I don't know how they got the specific order. I don't know. David just wrote them down and they were like, all right, this is going to be uh number 12. <laughs> You know, they they originally didn't have chapter chapter numbers, so it's not like they were numbered that way, but you know, as we see the word of God coming together and how it points back to where we've already been and it's gonna point further to where we're going, again, just the inspiration of scripture is undeniable. The inerrancy yeah. of scripture is undeniable
1: mm-hmm.
0: because a man a man could not have done what God did in arranging the scriptures the way that they are.
1: Yeah. So, well, Well, Anthony, yeah,
0: part of Psalms.
1: One part of Psalms. (laughs) We're going to keep tracking through it and we'll be in Psalms for a couple more weeks. So, yes, we will. uh, We'll enjoy that when we get there. But, Anthony, would you like to pray for us tonight?
0: Absolutely. I will do that. Let's pray. God, we thank you for another night to sit down with your word, uh, your teachings to us god and that we can look at it we can study it we can learn it uh and god i pray that as we have kind of gone through these chapters of psalms tonight god that people would see them uh, not just as individual random things that happen to come together in a good book but god they were ordained and they were orchestrated by your hand and they were put in the order that they were put in to teach us something about you and so God I pray that as we read this and we as we apply these verses to our lives that you would teach us. You would teach us how to be that righteous one that the book of Psalms is calling us to do through songs and through singing to you and glorifying you for your creation and for being the creator. The one who sustains all of the earth and God that we can look at you and we can glory in you. And and That doesn't bring any glory to us because, God, you are the ultimate one who deserves all glory. Mm -hmm. And so, God, I pray that as we continue through the book of Psalms, that we would continue to see your uh, words come to life, that your Holy Spirit would illumine them for us and they would shine in our minds, that we can apply it to our lives on a daily basis because we want to do what Psalm 119, 105 says, that we hide your word in our heart that we might not sin against you. And earlier in that same chapter, it says your word is a lamp unto our feet and a light unto our path, God. And so we can know that your word is teaching us things that we can apply to our lives and we can use them to walk on our day-to-day journeys. God, that we can give you the most glory that we can live for your glory and your glory alone. And we ask that you would teach us these things as we study your word. And we ask all of this in the mighty and powerful name of Jesus amen amen well michael if they want to get a hold of us on places of social media where would they do that
1: you can find the beers of bible podcast on instagram at beers and bible underscore you can find us on twitter at beers and bible p1 You can find us on Facebook by searching Beers and Bible Podcast and looking for the logo you see on your listening device right now. And then you can also email us at beersandbiblepodcast at gmail.com. We would love to hear from you on any and all of those sites. If you have any questions about anything we've discussed or anything, uh, any beer you'd like for us to review on a future episode of the podcast, we would love to hear those from you. We've gotten a couple of suggestions that I'm going to try to maybe track down at some point. That's right. That was commitment if I've ever heard it.
0: (laughs) Yeah, it was. Because you know who you are and what you've recommended to us. Yes. Uh, So there we go. Well, we hope that your Bible stays open. No, wait, I said that wrong. That's
1: backwards. What are you doing?
0: I don't know, man. It's late. We hope your beer stays cold and your Bible stays open. And we'll see you later.
1: Peace out.